Hello everybody and welcome to the third episode of Hey Listen podcast. We're sorry this took so long, um, schedules and everything and moving house kind of got in the way. Um, but we're finally here with our Christmas episode. Um, so we all, uh, well I personally want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Um, I am Dizzy Bess uh, on Twitch and YouTube and with me I am joined by... I would like to take a moment to introduce the number one runner-up <laughs> from the entire Rebel Championship, the misspelled tree. Oh, is this? <laughs> Cauliflower, who's just introduced me, who's a legend, by the way, said she was going to introduce me and I, I didn't know what she was up to. <laughs> but thank you, Collie. Um, hi, I'm I feel like we're, we're like um, wrestlers coming in. Yeah. Somebody's and in this corner, <laughs> SmackDown is Miss Bell Tree. <laughs> oh, stand yeah. firm, grab and <laughs> Oh god, what skills would I have? I don't know what. Um... Oh, that could be a question we answer oh. in a minute. Like, if we were Blood Bowl players, what <laughs> skills would we have? But we have our fourth and final member to introduce as well. Take it away. It's me! <laughs> Giraffe for short. Uh, I, I also stream on late American times and play some Blood Bowl and aspire to have the kinds of accolades that Miss Ball Tree has one day. It'll be amazing. We oh, all know. look up to Tree. We all aspire to be just a little bit as good as Tree is. It's just because I'm tall. <laughs> I am very little. <laughs> so going back to that literal thing we were just talking about, what blood bowl, blood bowl players would we be and what skills would we have? Me, me, I would be a mix of like a gutter runner and a war dancer and I would have leap and shadowing and Holy shit. and multi block <laughs> and I would absolutely wreck face. I feel like you've been thinking about this. Humble. I don't even need to think about that, that was already an answer. I can't believe anybody would wonder what skills I would have. Oh my god. You know what we need? We need someone listening to this podcast who's got design skills to make as many of ourselves. Oh, someone called me. <laughs> so I've actually also thought about this question. Um, so weirdly. Um, so I'm pretty sure I know I know what I am. So I am a Norse runner, and here's why. Um, I'm not particularly agile and I'm not particularly fast. Um, and I'm not particularly strong, but <laughs> but I can run for like a reasonable amount of time. And I, you know, if there's somebody really big that I can punch, then I relish the opportunity a little bit, or at least I'll give it skills a go with Dauntless. Have, would you have any special skills? Well, Dauntless, right? So Norse runners have Dauntless. Oh, I also have no armor, <laughs> which is also pretty, um, pretty accurate. And, and that's, that's about it. Honestly, I'll, I'll be your basic basic Norse runner is where I'm at. Oh, see, I was something really fun that would absolutely wreck. <laughs> so, Did you, you know, say what great. skills you'd have there, Giraffe? I am playing boring. I haven't I haven't really thought about extra skills because that's just, that feels like that would be asking for too much. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, what do you guys have? Tree. I mean, Did you want to be your namesake? Well, the obvious answer would be to say tree, right? And like, yeah, but also like, I'm, I'm not that strong. So I was like, maybe like the step down would be, there's that star player, the Dryad, like um, Willow. Oh, Willow, yeah. Mm. Oh, you'd be such a good Willow. (laughs) (laughs) She's got, she's got like the slow bit down and she's like, not like super strong. She's all right. And she's not like agile. And she's got skills that sort of sound good, but don't really make sense. And she's got a thing. Oh, I don't know. What would I? What would I be? Um, again, I'm quite clumsy. Zimuthus sling. 
I'd be a fling, a half fling. Maybe. You know, but one of those super flings, so you'd have like movement <laughs> up and you'd have edge. Oh, loop. no, 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 I'd no, no. Like, I would be a regular, can no. I'd... Can you be a tree with leap? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'd be a regular halfling. I wouldn't be a super fling at all because one, I'm very clumsy and that's the thing that halflings are though. You know, their dodges are terrible and they're, yeah, you know, they don't I'm move very far. But, <laughs> um, I think I'd probably have frenzy <gasps> because <laughs> I am very good at trapping myself or like getting myself into terrible situations. <laughs> and frenzy is the skill that does that. So I would be a frenzy halfling. <laughs> That's um, aspirational, I suppose. It's like, being optimistic about your abilities. I mean, like I can totally punch a something. <laughs> Much bigger. It doesn't even have to be that much bigger. <laughs> it's still going to get me in trouble because I'm strength too. So it's like, <laughs> no matter what I do, I'm going to be in trouble. Like I need to have a lot of assists and probably some guard in there to help me. Um, and even then it's still going to go wrong. So yeah, that's why I would be a halfling that gets into trouble through frenzy. I don't know if I'd have like, maybe shadowing would be the other skill that like adds on to that getting into trouble. We're coming up to Christmas. Does anyone have any Christmas gaming traditions? Not anymore, but definitely from years past. Yeah, like we would always get a new game around Christmas. So, I, or, well, it would sometimes be a board game, it sometimes be a video game or something like that. And so I have certain games that I associate with Christmas that are not Christmassy in the slightest. What so, um, one of them is a game called Dungeon Defenders, um, which is a tower defense game. You, you build towers and you stop waves of monsters from destroying the crystal. It's not Christmassy in the slightest. Um, it's a great multiplayer game though, and we used to play it. And like we just the 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 year that we got it, I don't even remember what year we did get it, but the year that we did get it, we just played it throughout Christmas, and like that entire Christmas is just Dungeon Defenders in my head. So now, whenever I play that, I feel Christmassy, even if it's like June or whatever. And it's not a, like I say, it's not a Christmassy game at all. But it's just, and I have a couple of games that are like that, and that I just they're. I, I just see them as Christmas games, even though they are not related in any way, shape, or form. We always had the the, the family staple of you would play sort of like board games or, or some sort of party games over Christmas and New Year, and we would always play Monopoly. And my sister came to stay with us last Christmas, and we we decided we were going to play Monopoly. But they're not just regular Monopolies anymore, are they? They're all no. these fancy Monopolies. So like the one I've got, it's got like skyscrapers in and it's got the Monopoly tower in and you've got this thing uh, that you press a button on and you've got to do an auction and it's got a time limit on it. And so we were playing that and my then two-year-old daughter had snuck downstairs and snuck onto her auntie's knee, who of course didn't send her away because she's the cool auntie. And it's Christmas, so you let her stay up. And things were starting to get a bit sketchy because it's Monopoly. <laughs> and then the next thing we know is this like, plastic mist comes through all the all the skyscrapers in the middle of the board because you have zones for each one and my daughter had got like this joker like tank and you put this plastic fist in it press the button and it shot it across oh, no. it was, like, the artillery literally came in <laughs> stopped the monopoly game before it tore our family apart you have skyscrapers <laughs> in your monopoly game yeah it's a weird Am I getting one. that right yeah it's one of those versions it's, of the yeah, There's so it's, many it's, now. Oh, yeah, it is. What it used to be. I was in Poundland the other day, and there's a Poundland Monopoly. Yeah. It is Monopoly City. Ah, okay. The one I have. 
I mean, we've never really played, like Monopoly was never one that we really played, and so I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to play Monopoly now, like, I've played it once or twice, and even then I still don't just, fully, You just like... steal from the, you just be the banker, steal from the banker, <laughs> when no one's looking, and wham bam, you win, everyone else goes back. <laughs> this uh, is the thing, like, Monopoly just always ends in an argument. Like, I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> Like my mom is never allowed to be a banker. She just steals. <laughs> then that's that, that's kind of normal for a bank, isn't it? You know, she's paid. just trying to teach us what life is really like. Like we always played when I was growing up. We always played like Scrabble and Boggle, like word games with my grandparents. Which was one of those things where, because my brother's two years older than me, I just lost a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> but I think like as I got older, I started getting better. And then like it was it, once they're like teenagers, it's just me and my brother sort of being like really competitive with each other while my grandmother's just writing like nice words kind of had like i think there's like two tiers of like christmas day gaming though because that was like a thing we always did like after christmas dinner once everyone sort of hung out for a bit watched tv for a bit and they're a bit bored like watch tv but christmas day was obviously like probably this is true for lots of kids but um kids who ever had like video game consoles that if we were ever going to get a console or um a new game we'd normally get it at christmas right so like yes. christmas day for me is definitely like the day I, the day i the day we my brother and i got given a sega mega drive and i remember that like really vividly like playing with a sega mega drive for the first time because it was a bit like mind-blowing um so like and then i think that sort of continued actually like all the way through childhood to some degree and you know we have a cousin who's a few years younger than us called Harry and he was a really shy boy like he was a really shy kid and I remember that being like a thing that as we got like older and like he was younger than us and maybe we were sort of early teenagers and he was um still not a teenager yet and it was like a thing that we like found to like get together and do it was like yeah it was probably a PlayStation by then and it was like yeah we'd sit in front of it and there'd be a new game that showed up in the Christmas stuff and so yeah I think Christmas is like always a big gaming day for me in my sort of yeah, we were always the same. Yeah, we'd always get <clears throat> probably a game. I've got nothing specific like Dizzy that makes me think of of Christmas. It's like maybe Gears of War 2. That was, you know, chainsaws under the mistletoe. <laughs> I mean, but I, I always remember like, I'd always know if my parents were getting me a console because I usually would have like the options. I can have like one big present or I can get like a stack of cash and I can go shopping in the sales with it afterwards once I got older is what my parents used to do for me so I would have to make that decision before Christmas and then I would go out and pick the bundle that I want so I remember when we first got the PlayStation 1 and I think it was around the beginning of December so and then we bring it home and my mum never wanted it to not work when we opened it on Christmas day because that would just be utterly heartbreaking, isn't it? So I know I've got it, it's been wrapped up, it's been under the tree for weeks. Oh and then I hope it doesn't work. So, yeah, that's absolutely agonizing. So her rule was, okay, we're getting it out of the box, we're gonna make sure it works, and then we're gonna put it away. But what that was actually code for was, I wanna play all these games, and I'm gonna make you sit up and watch me. So I remember like before Christmas in December, it's like, you know, no, it's your present, you'll get to play with it when you got it. But I got to watch her do an entire run of Hercules on the PlayStation 1. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God. Your parents are kind of amazing, Collie. Your parents are clearly gamers too. Uh, my mother is. There's, 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 there is plenty of stories, including my dad jumping up and down on the original Pac-Man game because my mum wouldn't stop playing it. I can kind of see like, where you get it from now. It explains <laughs> a lot. 
Yeah, I think I think she'd been I think she'd been playing it for like two days straight, and you got sick of the wacka 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 wacka. What? <laughs> <laughs> what about wacka, you, Giraffe? Wacka, wacka, wacka. Well, so, so I uh, I mean, being a Soviet child, we didn't really have Christmas much. We had New Year's, which was you know similar idea with presents and but just secular and, and down with the religious west and all that but uh what would happen is we would still get the christmas break once by the time we were in america we'd get the christmas break so we'd usually go and rent out a place somewhere with a bunch of my parents i guess high school college friends and their families so it'd be a bunch of family friends and a bunch of children and i've never had a console but they did so this was the one time a year that i would actually have access to what a console game looks like and that usually meant back in the day um, GTA, you know, whichever the first iteration of GTA on console was. Mm. And to me, this was just eye-opening. There's violence on TV. It's amazing. I want it. <laughs> I didn't even want to play it. I just wanted to watch it because it was real life and it was violence and it was so great. Um, <laughs> as somebody who's naturally very non-violent, I love manifestations of it, I guess. <laughs> it was fantastic. So, very oh, happy memories about violence on Christmas. I remember that first GTA, like, the media went absolutely crazy about it. And it was, it's funny now, because you think about, like, how realistic games are. And, like, back then it was just, like, top-down, like, little sort of pixels moving about. But, yeah, the media was crazy about it. It was one of those, like, real moral crisis they, games. Oh, I vaguely like... remember it. I very, very, very vaguely remember it. But that hasn't changed. It's still uproar about the gta games i remember oh, yeah. i remember stories about like i think it was gta 4 or gta 5 one of the cardboard cutouts that they put the games on they had a woman in a bikini and they'd have that in like supermarkets and stuff in the uk Ooh. games and you know so, some of my children are seeing women in a bikini so they did not see that in a swimming pool either way <laughs> and then with the changed. more recent ones is that Pete, um, i remember reading a story about a mother was conned into buying it for her like eight-year-old child and then when she actually got it home and they were playing it she realized that this guy was going out buying hookers murdering them and then stealing the money back <laughs> see i had, a, I, I had a, a child tell me once um how excited they were for their dad's new game and well because i'm a gamer i was like oh tell me more like what kind of game is they, they said oh i can't remember um what it's called but i know it begins with a g and oh so no like Okay, what do you do in this game? Because this child was like six or seven. And I was like, okay, what do you do in this game? <laughs> Thinking, please let it not be GTA. And they described, oh yeah, you, you you steal cars and you run away from the police. And I was like, oh no, oh no. no. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty open with what I let my boy play, but I think GTA is not on a little, the approved list. Yeah, it's a little bit. At what? No, it's it's yeah, it's it, it's it's too much. And even if I had it, I don't. I have to say, it's not something I'd the, even play with him being awake. I think it's like like you. We were talking in, in a different episode about you playing Doom when you were younger. I think there's a yeah. difference between Doom and GTA in the fact that Doom is very fantastical and not replicant yeah. of real life, whereas GTA is, and that's yeah. the biggest difference. Um, yes, the media, media does tend to uh, over-exaggerate like the effects that gaming will have on on people, but <clears throat> children, uh, you know, parents need to be aware of what their kids are playing um, and yeah. need to, you know, and so <laughs> to not be aware of what GTA is, you need to, you, like, it's not a game that's like very appropriate for children. 
Um, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. But I think now we're starting to come to the generation of people that do know what these games are. Mm. So, like, my parents wouldn't have known what that game was. They would have just picked it up and thought, oh, okay, she wanted it. I'll get it for her. But yeah. now, like, if my son asked me for that, I bet you've got more chance of Santa actually coming down the chimney at Christmas, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Connie? What are you it trying to say about the Santa? Door. It comes from the door. The chimney, the chimney isn't big enough. The flue pipe on the plate isn't big enough for him to fit down. Oh, is that the problem? Yes, <laughs> that is the problem. Um, I just Will wanna... you let your, your Soviet upbringing ruin our Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a, so uh, a Santa Claus. I, I just want to point out that our Soviet upbringing managed to steal pretty much everything there is to steal um, from Christmas. It's just non-religious because down with the religion. Um, but so we have them. Religious. Sorry, Santa isn't religious, or is it? Oh, the, but to us it was because Christmas, right? Um, oh, okay. I think it was the Christmas bit. Uh, so we have Father Frost, uh, which is basically Santa Claus, but on New Year's Eve and not Christmas Eve. Um, he travels with a young lady of dubious relation to him, probably granddaughter, but possibly niece. Usually played by a woman older than the person who's playing. Sorry, <laughs> that's a very unfair representation, but but yes, that's um, that's the Russian transition uh, tradition. It's fantastic. I think I do think I have heard of that story. I might have told it before. Um, I, I think no, I think I've heard of it. I think I've heard somebody mention that that it's different in in Russia and it's yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. remember exactly. Um, I don't think I paid that much attention. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but we do have, it's um, because I feel like every time I mention to my American friends now that I've never really done Christmas, I feel like I elicit a lot of sympathy. It's like, oh, poor giraffe, you, you really missed out. No, no, I still have presents. They're just my silly Is that any different to like some parts of Spain and things like that that don't do Christmas until the 6th of January? Oh, I didn't know that, actually. That's, yeah, because that's, uh, that's, that's yeah. when, uh, it, mm. as part of the story, that's when the wise men arrived in Bethlehem and gave their gifts, so that's when you give gifts. Uh -huh. So, because my family's half Italian, I spent Christmas a couple of times in Italy, and um, I remember that, like, um, my parents teasing me and saying that, that Santa Claus might not come because he doesn't come to Italy, um, oh, no. and being like genuinely like really worried that I wasn't going to get anything from Santa on Christmas Day, which, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they have that Befana, who's, um, very similar in sort of what she does to Santa Claus but she's an old lady and she comes at the end of Epiphany and she comes in and leaves treats and she also sweeps up your floor for some oh, reason. Oh that's kind, can she come here please? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I prefer her to Santa. <laughs> All Santa does is come in, eat my mince pies and take credit for everything I did. Well you're, you're still supposed to leave food for that, that Bifana. But I always think yeah, it's but if she's of... going to sweep my floors then it's kind of a fair trade. <laughs> There's a little bit of old patriarchy in it, though, isn't there? Like, and suddenly it's a woman, and now she's sweeping the floor for you. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I just ruined everything, didn't it? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we have a question from a listener, um, which which is kind of similar to one of the questions we've already sort of answered. Which are the which blubber player would we be? But in this case, it's if we were a dinosaur, what would you be and what? <gasps> oh my oh god. god, ladies! I put a thing in our chat the other day about. A list of dinosaurs saying you just need you to. You did, you did, you did. So mm. if anybody. To the cheat sheet! <laughs> I do, I'm going straight to the cheat sheet. I mean, my answer's still probably the same, I think. So I would probably be a Tyrannosaurus Rex because 
Everyone seems to think I am this vicious alpha predator when in reality I'm just a scavenger that kind of eats what I can find. <laughs> and I have really little arms. <laughs> so I think giraffe has to be one of the long neck dinosaurs. I gotta be, right? It's, it's looking like Brachiosaurus. That's looking like me. I'm just yeah, going no, by no, neck leg here. <laughs> See, I also want to go find the long neck ones just because when I, was, because when I was a kid um, at the National History Museum in London, um, they always had Dippy, who's like a Diplodocus. And I always thought it was an actual skeleton, but I think it's actually like a cast. But it took up the whole main hall. So when I used to go and see, when I used to go to the Natural History Museum as a kid, that was always the one that excited me most. So they've got something like that in, in the Manchester Museum that's attached to the University of Manchester or Oxford. I, th I think it's enough how many times I'd have to say Manchester, but they've got a T Rex oh. and it's called Steve. Oh my god. <laughs> And you go through you go through all the museum and then you walk in and there's this giant T-Rex looming over and going and then this little plaque that says, Hi, I'm Steve. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Oh, I think I would probably be a Stegosaurus. Because <gasps> yeah. the, the like the plates on the back kind of they're not the same shape, but like honeycomb and I don't know, that's just kind of what it's reminded me of. And it's a herbivore, which I am vegetarian, so that works as well. Yeah. Also, I'm quite the carnivore, so a T-Rex really does fit for me. <laughs> so, there was another um, big topic that we wanted to sort of talk about, and we've been discussing this for a little while, and then a lot happened, well, it'll be last week when this comes out, but... Um, it happened very quickly as well. Yes, it happened very, very quickly, and um, it does. this conversation comes around every couple of months, um, and because a few months ago there was an article um, in uh, the Blood Bowl community Facebook group um, about why there are so few women in wargaming. And since we are all female wargamers, it felt like we should probably have a bit of a say in this because although we can't speak for every woman, we can definitely speak for ourselves and our own experiences. And the incident that happened recently with Blood Bowl was there was a private league set up, but the way it was sort of advertised made it seem like it was a send off or a goodbye to Blood Bowl 2. And so um, there were some very big people invited amongst the Blood Bowl community. And we kind of noticed and pointed out that there were no women invited amongst these people. And this was not had you know, this wasn't anything that the organisers, well, they may have overlooked a few things and the way they did it was there were teams and team captains and the team captains invited people from their region. It was like sort of advertised as a World Cup. And so we just kind of went, well, why, why is that? Unfortunately, because we asked this question, um, we didn't mean like to upset or offend anybody by it. We just you know wanted a genuine answer of like why aren't there any women was there a like was there a reason a, a way of picking people that they had was there like a genuine oversight um was it just that there weren't very many women in that area you know all very valid reasons but we just wanted to know and have some brainstorming on of to why this was but unfortunately it touched a few nerves and so it kind of blew up a little bit just a few. Just a few, yeah. It kind of blew up a little bit and there were a lot of defensive responses to us asking a simple question of, why is there no women here? You can kind of understand why some people were getting defensive because they may have felt like we were accusing them of something very specific. But that's 
not the case. No, definitely not. And all we did was we had just asked, huh, there's no women here. Is there a reason for that? You know, um, especially because it was this so-called send-off of Blood Bowl 2, which it now is or is, isn't. I'm not quite sure what, what it is. And if it was just that, you know, a small oversight, then that we, you know, we would have been like, okay, that's fine. Just like, let's think about this in the future, move on. And, but yeah, it kind of, the conversation kept going and it kept going for a couple of days and it's sort of died off now, but we don't want it to go away completely um, because it highlighted the very real issue in the entire global community of that women are still very much a minority. And there are other minorities in this. We're not saying that there aren't other people who are underrepresented, of course not. We are very aware that there are other groups as well that aren't represented, but we just wanted to highlight that in wargaming and as, as, as a category, um, there are very few women. And that was where this article comes in that we've been looking at, um, that was posted in the Bloodball community, as to what, as why there are so few women in wargaming as a whole. Um, so first of all, like, what are your thoughts on the article that I I shared out. Yeah, yeah. So this, uh, this particular article is, is a, 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 a very specific woman's experience in a very niche wargaming community. So you're looking at like Napoleonic Wars, and she she owns a company that uh, that ships out full boxes of, of armies for these for these sorts of, of um, for these sorts of competitions. So she went along to a convention uh, with her partner, who is co-owner of the company, and essentially, she, uh, also and the rest of her group that that takes part in these battles. And instead of viewing her as a general within her own right with her own skills, and you know, a woman that, that owns a company that, that creates these minis, it was they, it was assumed that she was someone's mother, uh, daughter, girlfriend, insert other significant other label here and in and she was just constantly having to explain stuff no actually i am a general and then she would have men saying oh well what about this that and the other when she's when she owns a company she's clearly very experienced in this matter there's also um it, it mentions about how she can be the only woman in a room of like 80 people and so people go oh so you're alice or you know they'll know who she is because she's the only woman so they'll have like mentioned or they'll have seen her name on the like the list of all the coaches that are there or the generals that are there and they'll go oh okay like and and so they'll come up to her it's quite unnerving i've been in a very similar situation but as a streamer so the people come up to me and say oh you're dizzy which is a bit more understandable because of that but it's still very unnerving when someone comes up to you and already knows who you are and so being like the only female and being like oh that that's you know I, you know i know who she is and like it can be very oh that's that's an interesting way of approaching someone um you know you there, there's ways of framing it ways of just being a bit more cautious rather than going hey alice how are you like hmm. yeah 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 that's that's exactly right and I, I spent most of my like university years working in retail i worked in a big green supermarket in the uk and the amount of time it's really i know i wore a name tag but it's really unnerving when people come up to you and say hello cauliflower can you help me with this please and i'm like why are you using my name? I don't know who you are. That makes me really uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> and, it, and it's a similar kind of thing. It's like just because you know who I am doesn't mean you could just walk up to me and use my name. At least you're not know, introduce myself. Like for you to do, it's like, oh, I, d you're, you're Dizzy Bess. I watch your stream. <clears throat> just that yeah. tiny little bit of explanation makes you feel a lot more comfortable about the whole thing. Yeah. Or, or just come up and go, Dizzy Bess, right? And just like clarifying 
with yes. us who we are rather than coming up and assuming that we you know we're already friends or we already know each other just because you watch yeah. the stream or you know you know my name or whatever it's it just well, adds that little bit of like comfort actually when you when when you two say this it's to me in immediately and instinctively obvious why this makes you uncomfortable but i guarantee that for a lot of people and i think a lot of our listeners it might not be immediately obvious mm. so 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 maybe maybe we should just take a second and talk about why and sorry if this is just an obvious point but why this is actually something that's not somebody coming up and knowing your name is not a comfortable and and oh this is totally fine kind of situation so uh, i know i've had some experiences i think my experiences are maybe not even as poignant and, and terrifying as what i've heard some of you say so i i would like i like i can absolutely share but maybe if Kali or dizzy you want to because I, I know you have some horrifying stories about that kind of thing um, um. Uh, not not so much about this this you know, small part of the topic, but as to why that makes me feel uncomfortable, it's it's like, like I say, I know I was wearing a name tag when I was working in a store, but when a man comes up to me and goes, "Hello, cauliflower, can you uh, do this for me?" It's you that's really too familiar of a man. I have no idea who you are. I don't know what your intentions are. I don't I don't know. I, it's just that's just scary that is genuinely scary especially for someone like me who's I'm, I'm you know i'm small i'm five foot two a stiff breeze would blow me away it would not take much for someone to be able to overpower me so i am very cautious when strange people start talking to me mm -hmm. i think to put it in a context that is a conversation that is a familiar one because when talking about interactions with women there hasn't really been that that discussion of like already knowing the name because it generally doesn't happen it tends to be more about you know um compliments or you know, uh, like telling women to smile or those, those kinds of things are conversations we're a bit more familiar with and so it's the it's the idea of already knowing somebody who you've never met and just being overly familiar with them when that person doesn't know you and I think everybody would like regardless of your gender I think everybody would be a bit uncomfortable so you do I think it's just a matter of put yourself in that other person's position mm -hmm. and imagine you are this person who plays video games and people watch you or whatever or you know or you've got your name on a name tag how comfortable would you be if someone you have never seen before in your life comes up and goes hey Jack, how are you? Or, you know, it's, you're like, uh, hang on a second. Oh, who, who, what, why? Why are you coming up to me? You know, in a shop, you can understand that they're coming up to you for assistance. But again, it's still very much like, bit too familiar there. Like, again, it's just how you frame it. So if you go, Jack, right? Or, you know, just something like that, just to clarify <laughs> and just you know so you can introduce yourself or thing like that just it just turns the way the the conversation goes and so yeah it's like when so bringing back to my original point of being the only woman in a room full of men playing warhammer games blood bowl warhammer 40k whatever just you know again just framing it in a way of being of like oh hi are you alice is that right and just you know clarifying and just checking that everyone's okay yeah. and not you know not assuming again that there's a girlfriend or partner or insert relative of, of other person here um and just you know like ensuring that there's a conversation before the familiarity it's that sense of you're a complete stranger and you're acting like you've known me for years kind of thing or yeah you know, that yeah kind of thing. I, I, yeah absolutely that it is absolutely that there, there is 
as you get to know someone, you get to make that decision of things that you let go to people. You know, you start with your name and then you know you maybe your age and where you live and things like that. But that come, that's the kind of things that comes with time and yeah. the building of trust. If someone is just walking up to you and says, oh, hi, giraffe, how are you doing? And you kind of go, I don't know who you are. We haven't built up that level of trust for you to show me this level of familiarity. That's it, right? I think there's something that you talked about in some Discord conversations that happened, Collie, that I think is really important to sort of highlight here. And I think Giraffe was sort of leading towards this bit as well, but you really sort of named it in some conversations I saw. I did, yeah, which I is, did. It's not, it's because we've, we've already in this conversation, we've used the word uncomfortable. And I don't think that's the word that, that, that you sort of think is, is the right one in this situation. I, and I agree with you. No, the word, the word I use, so in, the, in that specific conversation, I was trying to lead someone else down a train of thought. So if we go back to the idea of being the only woman within a convention in a room full of men playing Blood Bowl 40k, playing, uh, I don't know, Kill Team, playing whatever boxed game that they want to play with in a wargaming, was uh, how do you think a woman feels in the situation where she's maybe the only one or one of two <laughs> or three in a room full of a hundred men? And they came back and said, well, they probably feel uncomfortable. I was like, uncomfortable is not sometimes the right word. So why do you think they feel might feel like uncomfortable and you know people threw a couple of suggestions at me and it's like well you know embarrassed, you, yeah embarrassed self-conscious and all these things and someone said to me said well have you seen the rooms of men that play blood ball 40k kill team you know that you know they're, they're not exactly <laughs> the, um, which i think is an unfair judgment of the men that play blood ball and 40k and, and all those other box games but a lot of women have stories of like going into games workshop shops, being ogled, being photographed, being talked down was, to and all those things. I, and I was, a lot of those things when people are coming up to you, yeah, uncomfortable doesn't quite go far enough to describe what you're trying to say. The, the, actual the actual response that I sometimes have in those kinds of situations is I feel unsafe. I was watched on security camera, and I know this for a fact that one of the store owners was watching me on a camera. <laughs> in a games shop before I you know exactly as you say I've been ogled as I've gone into games stores um because it was it was really hot so I was wearing a dress and they had an AC and I was standing in front of the AC like call me down I need some air and there weren't that many people in the in in the room and so I could see every single one of them turn and look at me and it's like yeah uncomfortable doesn't quite cover it it, it you know and and this person turned around and went oh I think that's a bit far it's like no, that the word is unsafe, and like you see the 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 problem that, that that really set me off when he said that was I am a woman, I have been in those situations. You do not have a right to tell me how I felt. You do not have the right to tell me that I didn't feel unsafe. I felt uncomfortable because no, I absolutely have felt unsafe in those kinds of situations. But I think. You know, one thing that we do need to acknowledge is that the more you go to these spaces and the more familiar you do become with them, the more comfortable we do get, the less unsafe we feel, or the more safe we feel, sorry. Um, yeah. I've, and especially as we, you know, like, it, it tends to be the first few times that we go into somewhere that tends to be the most, like, on guard, looking around, checking who's doing what. But, exactly. like, the Those... more you get to know, and this is the key thing here, the more you get to know the people. And so you can say about like, how can we, these spaces more accommodating for women? And it's like, well, first of all, like, A, don't ogle women as they come in, like, oh, she's a magical unicorn, like, so rare to come in through the door. Like, 
I know somewhere like put girls in the window to be like, oh look, we have girls here, come on in. No, that's that's not how you do it. But you know, make make us the the way to get women into the hobby is to make the ones who are already here feel safe and listened yeah, to and absolutely. defended. Defend us exactly. if something happens. You know, like we can fight as much as we want, and you know, but th there will always be someone who will dismiss us. So if you want us to stay defend us when something happens we've had so many lovely messages this week from guys in the blood bowl community going we fully support you and we're uh, like and we've seen it in in public servers and in chats and on streams and stuff of people of men defending us and those are the people who make us feel safe in these kinds of hobbies but if you turn around and go well unsafe is a bit of a strong word it is because it is that that is the word that needs to be said and that's the word that needs to be acknowledged that we don't feel safe and so you oh, know go yeah. on Polly. so absolutely what you were saying about it's those first couple of times before you start getting to know some of the guys before some of the guys get over that oh my god there's a woman here sort of thing that stops women coming back so the women that do come back are the ones that have a massive love of this hobby because they are pushing through those feelings to be able to continue to do what they what they love or they are stubborn enough to not let it stop them so you need to fix that to get the women to want to come and then to get them want to stay but they're not going to come back are they if you walk no. into someone i think i feel incredibly uncomfortable here are you really going to go back if you're just kind of trying something out when i was i first, wouldn't when i first started university i wanted to go into the gaming society however i looked in the room and it was just a sea of guys thankfully another female was walking down the corridor also going into that same room and because we went in together i then was much more comfortable and i've grown so much as a person from that point that now i would i wouldn't have a problem but back then i would have i wouldn't have been able to have walked into that room i was about to turn and go until i saw her coming and by keeping the women who are prepared to go through that and who are prepared to stick out the hobby and who love it that much you will then encourage more women to come in by seeing that there are already women here. And I just want to take this opportunity, Giraffe and Tree, is there any experiences you wanted to talk about? Maybe not about with wargaming, with any other nerdy hobbies, um, any experiences you any guys gaming, have had? Any gaming, yeah, have you got any, any experiences gaming. From, from gaming where you feel that because you were a woman, you have maybe had less of an experience <clears throat> because of it? I mean, I feel like this is... At this point, it's becoming a little bit of a repetitive experience in my life, and it's actually, over time, has got I've gotten to watch how more accepting we are in women in spaces that are traditionally male-dominated. So, and this is I would even go farther than just gaming. I'm in the software industry, so I have um, been mostly, let's say, mathematically oriented my whole life, and that has always been a. a vastly dominated area um dominated by men i went to um <clears throat> a university that is well generally known for being maybe a little bit skew uh, skew male and what i've been seeing is um at, at the start of my introduction to all these things so starting with high school and college and uh, i would be in groups where i felt like every time i do something i have to start from scratch to really prove myself, whereas my male colleagues would ha would just come in and, oh, and sort of start that for free. I relate that so, so much. Yeah, it's it's been, and it's, it's actually, it's not just that. I've also played, um, I was a semi-serious soccer player, football for the European audience. Um, 
and <laughs> sorry um and so and i stopped that after having some injuries and i but i wound up playing just pickup soccer a lot in college and what you do is you come up to a group of people playing and you say hey can i just join in and and usually the answer if you're a guy is 100% yes regardless and if you're a woman it depends um and what wound up happening is i had a bunch of groups uh so i would i eventually got a, around me got a supportive set of allies i would call them around me where they would vouch for me and and you know, partly it was because i not to to my own hurt too much i was actually quite decent so i could keep up with the men but partially because just i you know you don't necessarily detract from the experience by having somebody different um and mm. that's something that um i think a lot of groups needed somebody to tell them that um and and to vouch for that for it being okay there's going to be a woman here and it's going to be okay um the, do you not feel like you had to prove yourself to get those men to vouch every time every yeah. time and with every new group even if you get somebody to vouch for you you have to and you know soccer is a different thing a little bit because it's physical but you have to go harder you have to you know when you fall down you better get your ass up really quickly because otherwise you're just you know a little girl rolling around and things like that louder, but sure yeah that's the physical aspect but there's a lot of that in you know in, in projects in in mathematics in gaming uh does anybody want to be your partner or do something with you um by default the answer is no until you prove yourself and you have to do that with every new group you join um yeah. and I, i feel like that's that's it goes a little bit less um less so in, in male groups and this is this is a little bit different right this is a little bit different from the safety situation it's just because that safety is a, is, is a different aspect of it this this part is just It's so much work um is the only way to describe it. Imagine needing to do this every single time. You can't relax. You can't have an off day. You have to keep showing that you belong. If you have an off day, it's like, oh, she's on a period. <laughs> it's also the the pressure of you feel like you're representing women every time you go and play yeah. something because you're the Absolutely. only woman in the room, so you're 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 the representation or whatever. And it's like because this is mentioned in the article as well talking about, you know, like if if you don't play very well you can't you can't be a new player because you know they'll be patronizing or they'll be you know or you have to prove yourself um like time and time again but yeah i i used to have a similar experience to draft in the last company that i worked for we'd have i i i was pretty much the only woman on my sales team it was very much an old man's club and they were all very close and all been at the company for a really long time so we were in sales meetings and i would try to bring up a point and i would get spoken over quite frequently and my boss bless his heart he was such a lovely guy would then raise my point and then it would be heard and then he sort of tapped me on the shoulders if to say got your back but this is not the point what mm-hmm. he should have actually done is said I'm sorry guys can you just like cauliflower finish what she was saying because i think it's yeah. important so he he saw he, like i said bless him he was such a lovely guy he sort of ca- kind of tried but it wasn't quite right yeah this it's, is such an interesting conversation i like, i'm mad at myself i haven't been taking notes we go because i thought like there's been so many things people said that i thought oh i need to come back to that and i haven't i haven't been remember what they are anymore oh they they will come up <laughs> do you have any experiences Yeah, I think this is a point in which I've got to name something which is going to be a bit probably weird for some people who've listened to me for a while but is not new information to me or anyone else in this group which is that I'm transgender which um I've never sort of made a secret of but I also haven't talked about it on my streams because I didn't 
I didn't particularly want to. I didn't want to have to sort of, I don't know, it's one of those things of being, I think it's probably a thing for a lot of people who are LGBT anywhere under the rainbow. You end up feeling like you have to come come out lots and lots in your life and it gets very boring. You Start come out so many different times, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like every time you meet a new person, it's like at some point you have to come out to them and it's like, okay, how am I do, going to do it with you? And yeah, <laughs> I completely get where you're coming from there. Yeah, and like, it just wasn't relevant. You know, I started off as a little tiny streamer streaming to like three people in my rebel division and then sort of over time it's become a lot bigger and definitely some of the people within the community know because I talk to them and these conversations come up and a bunch of people don't and who knows some people might be cross when they find this out because that's another reason you don't always want to make a big conversation about it because people some people are weird about LGBT if there are people cross about about what about about this then do you really want them there? Well, I mean, that's a very good, um, that's a very good uh, point and, and way of putting it. But I think I think I have to sort of name it here because I think it's important in sort of identifying things that are shared in, in experience that, that I've sort of had the same as you guys and some things that are different. And, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about being unsafe, Collie, I think that's such a sort of interesting area for me because I suppose, you know, years ago before making my transition, I probably had a different perspective on that myself. And I think that I've never particularly felt safe in gaming spaces just because the gaming spaces that I spend time in are such sweet lovely little spaces and I feel like I have a lot of close allies within them all except for I suppose the one time I went to the tabletop Bubble world cup that was a bit more unfamiliar but even then I was with my little team and and so I've sort of felt a bit different there but I think this is a safety happened, thing. What happened at the World Cup, Trey? No, nothing happened. I'm just thinking that's like the one time I suppose in gaming. Because I'm not, like I said before on podcast, I'm not someone who's been like super involved in like big time gaming. I would imagine your experiences are actually quite different because you don't just have to put up with the sexism of being a woman, yeah. but you would also have to put up with transphobia sometimes as well. Yeah. So it's like there's different things which I want to come to. I just wanted to come back quickly to that thing about the safety though, just because I think that was something that I would never have thought about. And I think that, you know, until you've had in your life experience and I think this is a very common experience for lots of women um, until you've had someone follow you home at night like walking down your street until you've been sort of shouted at by someone you know whether it's something sexual or something just abusive like outside your door or like in a club or you know being groped it's a different experience you've had in your life and when you've had that, things feel different, like safety feels different. Um, and so I think that safe word is something that's just something I really wanted to come back to, which you said it before, and I wanted to come back to that. Um, but in How terms does of- does it feel different? Sorry. I, I'm... No, I just, I suppose for a certain number of years in my life, before I'd sort of come to terms with myself and, and, and done that, being in like, being in a group of guys was just something that happened normally in my life, right? You know, I was, to get into the reads, I was sent to an all boys school. So that was very normal to be around boys. But when you've had even just a small number of sort of sexually aggressive men who you are not sort of trying to encourage in any way, react to you in a certain way and make you feel unsafe, it probably makes you more wary of all men, I think. And that's not fair maybe on lots and lots of men, but it makes you sort of more conscious and it makes you carry it, yourself a bit differently. You're absolutely right, Chui, and you're absolutely right that it's not all men, but it's enough men mm. to make us feel this way. And I think the other thing, um, it comes back to that familiarity, I think, as mm. well, is that, yes, it is not all men, but until we are familiar with you as a man, as a person, we don't know how safe we are. And that's right. the key. That's the key for everything. Because there's, you know, 
the conversation around you know this in, in outside of the nerd community and you know you hear a lot of people go not all men Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, nobody is saying that it is all men, but like that, 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 yeah, that phrase is just so unhelpful to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't help because it, we know it's not all men. That is exactly true. However, it, it's, it's exactly the same as when people turn around and say things like "all lives matter" when we try and talk about Black Lives Matter, and it's like, yeah, do you know what? Right now, I'm saying cauliflower lives matter. Doesn't <laughs> mean I don't. I, I hate all vegetables. Mm. I hate all other vegetables and only cauliflowers, but at that at that present moment, we're talking about women's issues. We know it's not all men. Yeah. Right, and I, in some ways I feel like even like ridiculous talking about this, because like, look, I'm very aware, and I think it's another thing which can drive you potty sometimes when you're trans. Like, I know I'm trans, I know lots of men aren't attracted to trans women, and that's fine, I'm not asking anyone to be. But also, I can speak from my experience and say some are, and some of them are very sexually aggressive. And then once you've had that experience, the same as any other woman, it makes you more wary of anyone who is capable of bringing that energy to a situation. And yeah, once it's in your head, it's going to affect how you view lots of things in the world. And it's not great. I would love it if it wasn't the case that literally every woman I've ever spoken to in my life about this has some experience of being, I don't know, I don't don't know what the right word is because not everyone is sort of, might describe it as assault, but certainly made to feel really uncomfortable in that sort of context. That safety, like, I feel like, I feel like guys don't always get the safety thing. And I think it's, you know, even my experience is probably very different to your experience. And I think that's just an important thing to say. You know, I think the other thing that I sort of, because this article, by the way, which I thought was a really interesting article that was in Wired um, that we were all talking about, and it was super interesting. It got shared in the Facebook community group and caused some very strident reactions. And then it was posted again by Dizzy in her Girls in Budwell group, where it had some, I thought, some much more sort of open yeah. conversation and some really thought-provoking answers. And this same topic came up of which um, Giraffe was just talking about, of like needing to prove you're good enough all the time. And I think. I suppose to sort of talk about just my experience more specifically, I think I haven't felt that as much. And I think that maybe is like a side effect of sort of being trans and having sort of a slightly different reception, I think in some spaces, you know, I, I never know. And I don't really tend to spend all my time thinking about whether or not people are sort of um, identifying me, recognizing me, uh, considering me as a woman or a trans woman or what. It's not how I choose to occupy all my brain power every day, but, um, I do think, um, because I think people in gaming spaces are quite used to trans people, I think actually that's not that uncommon in gaming spaces, funnily enough. I sort of actually feel like the thing that I end up worrying about much more is not am I good enough. I worry about that from my own point of view. I mean, you guys know I've spent quite a lot of time trying to get better at Blood Bowl. Um, you can tell. You can tell yeah, that you are someone. But, <laughs> but like that's that's entirely like internally driven. Like that's just me wanting to be good at something. Like I get a bee in my bonnet and I want to get good at something. But what I do sort of end up worrying about quite a lot in those spaces is like, am I going to come across as like nice enough to be welcome in these spaces? Because again, I think um, I think there is this sort of greater culture war that has developed in the world over the last few years that I don't want to get into because it's not what this is about. But it has a knock-on impact for real world people where it's like you sort of because um by being the only trans person in the space in the same way as being a woman in the space you sort of become a political item by default Mm. like i can walk into a room and express no personal feelings about any sort of politics or anything i have my views on those and i share them when i want to but that's not necessarily what i want to do when i just go and play a game with someone yeah but you feel like you feel like there are people in the world 
who see you and identify you immediately as an enemy or some sort of caricature that they've developed of what people are and do you do you think that because you're trans you're going are you talking about political views that people just automatically assume you're this ultra leftist like you know this is a really tricky conversation to have without like actually talking about political views because i do have them i just i just don't want to be seen as political all the time i want to go and play a game because yeah because that you are a trans woman well doesn't necessarily that yeah that they, they are two completely separate things whether one side of the political spectrum may feel like they support LBGT more. I mean, look, look, I, I, I feel like I've, I've sort of made this sound like I'm dancing around something and I'm, and I'm not, like, I want to be explicit, like, I am pro-inclusion of all kinds. And by the way, I do think in this conversation about um, Blood Bowl, I think it's, you know, probably is a much bigger conversation that should be had in, in wargaming. You know, wargaming is very white, for instance, and, and that... Mm. It's a whole separate mm. conversation that I just don't feel like I'm sort of the best qualified person to talk about. No, you're absolutely right. I don't um, think we are qualified to talk about people of colour but... in Blood Bowl. It would be lovely to hear from anyone of colour that plays Blood Bowl or Wargaming on their experiences. Mm. But like, but I, but I just think that like, I, well, I'm just explaining how I feel. Really, I'm not trying to. That's that's what I'm trying to do. I think in in that sort of conversation about walking into a room and not feeling safe, I I don't think I have felt that so much. And that might just be the spaces I've walked into. I think probably the Tabletop World Cup was the most sort of nerve wracking because it's so many people you don't know. It was really huge event, like a thousand people or something, and there were about twenty women maybe at the event. I don't know. And wow. every time I bumped into one, I had the most lovely interactions. We were all sort of just strangers um, coming up and sort of, I mean, I was at one table and literally the girl just grabbed me and hugged me because she was like, another woman. <laughs> and, and and that's lovely, you know, but it is a bit nerve-wracking in, in that point of view. But I do think that's just, I suppose, the sort of individual part of it I wanted to bring to it is that I think I do feel this tremendous pressure to sort of represent trans people as being nice, which yeah. <laughs> is ridiculous, but I do feel it. Yeah, regardless of whether you're um, a cis woman or a trans woman, there's the image of women being like nice and gentle, and you know. Mm. And actually, that brings me to... in, in this in this group. We all know that that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but it brings me actually. It reminded me of um, when this article was posted in the two different groups. As you said earlier, the responses were so incredibly different um, because in the Bloodball community group, obviously that group is inclusive of like every 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 gender you know and there's a lot more men in there than there are women and so it kind of got full of men sort of talking over and so there were very few women who actually spoke about their experiences and or, or like spoke about the article because there were so many men in there i think the, the one that sort of jumps to my mind immediately is the one who was saying well biologically women don't like this kind of thing and it's like that is the most ridiculous argument i've ever had and so i just sort, sort of like jumped in like hello actual actual woman here um no <laughs> that's not true and oh no we, lo- we love murder as much as the next <laughs> yeah exactly um but then, actually qualified and, and he was trying to shout, shout me down and all that and so I think in that there were either women going look at this comment section this is exactly why we don't um, you know why there aren't so as many women or they just didn't bother like attempting to even wade in I am not afraid to wade in I went straight in there and dived at the deep end um, <laughs> but then if you look at the girls uh, if, if you looked at when I posted it in the girls in Blood Bowl um, group 
there were paragraphs and paragraphs of these massive comments of women explaining their their um, thoughts. They didn't agree with everything that was said in the article. They were talking about their own experiences. There was a proper good conversation there, which just wasn't there because there were so many men in the in the blood ball community group going uh, no women don't like this game why would they that's there's a few who are an, an anomaly and um what was it someone said if i went to an if i went up to a woman in a nightclub and offered to play blood ball with her she'd turn me down it's oh like word. I, I, I think I even as a woman, so if we much. did that to a man, we'd get turned down, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the most ridiculous sort of comment. Like, first of all, mates, go and talk to, not your mates, because if you've gone with your mates, they probably like the same stuff that you do. Go and talk to the guy in the nightclub and see if he wants to talk to you about your hobby, because probably they won't. <laughs> like, first of all, actually, now, at this point in my life, that would be a great chat-up line for lots of people to come and talk to me about something nerdy, because I'm a nerd and I'm, I've accepted it about myself, which... When yeah, I might be okay with that. <laughs> when you're younger and you're trying I, I would to be so, I would be so okay with that. But the thing is, it diff- it, it's different strokes for different folks, isn't it? Yeah. So, some people will like that, some people will not. And also, like, and, there's context, because, like, even me, like, saying that as a nerd, 10 years ago, if I was out in a club having a boogie, I might have been enjoying having a boogie. It's really loud. I don't want someone shouting in my ear at all. Yeah. No, I don't, no. It just, it just made me laugh. I'm like, the excuses someone were coming up with. And, the fa- and someone um, were saying um, that they tried to teach their daughters how to play and they just weren't interested. Maybe they're just not interested. Like, you know, not, <laughs> not yeah. everybody has to like wargaming. And that's like, you know, you've got to find the ones who do like it. And like, you trying to, and it's mentioned it in, in the article as well about actually bringing up a girl um, in wargaming and things like that. And, you know, and she, but showing her positive experiences of it. You've got to make sure that like, it's not forced on them and you're not forcing them to do it when they don't like it bring them up in a positive way and do it slowly with stages as you do any kind of hobby in any kind of game and it just yeah it was just some of the excuses that they were, that was coming out of, of that comment section was quite interesting and actually the person who posted it ended up deleting or archiving it because he actually wanted to do a bit of a study around inclusivity in wargaming i don't know how far he got i don't know if he's still doing it but i did offer i did reach out to him and offer and be like we will be more than happy to like talk to you you know i've got the girls in blood Bowl group and i can ask if anybody's interested in contributing to any research that he does I've not heard anything, so I don't know whether he's still doing that. But it'd be amazing if he did, because I would be very interested to like look into inclusivity. And that aspect of it couldn't, you know, as we discussed a little bit earlier, can ex- then extend to race, LGBTQ+, and further. So, and not just the the gender side of it, which I think would well, be just would just be better for the for the community and better for the hobby. So, well, I just I was hoping we could actually bring this back to the original the, the intro to this segment that sparked the whole thing was the whole Blood Bowl 2 community trauma that happened over the last couple of weeks that it started with an observation that happened and then mm. what, what wound up happening is a lot of this conversation happened to happen on my stream for a couple of hours and what happened there the very common uh, one of the common thing and actually mostly I want to say that the debate was quite civil and people were disagreeing in mostly uh, polite ways but one of the 
common um, arguments I heard uh, in, I guess, in defense of the Blood Bowl 2 community as a whole that wasn't particularly attacked at the time, but was that, um, well, we're not, there's nothing sexist going on. We're not actively excluding anybody. We are not, uh, like, when have you ever heard anybody say a sexist thing against women? And that's, I think that's part of the problem is that, yes, just because you're overtly not, you know, not actively going out and saying down with women doesn't mean that you're creating a, not creating an unwelcoming experience for women, right? There is a reason why there are 60 people in a tournament and no women have been included, right? And some of these are very nuanced and subtle and and, and the kinds of um, the kinds of evidence you see is something like what happens in a an unfiltered group where women don't feel safe is you hear them being, being shot, shut down and yeah. uh, shouted down, uh, right? So that's what happens in the Blood Bowl group, uh, Facebook group talking about this, um, talking about this article. And then you, you know, even if overtly nobody's saying, you know, women, well, apparently they are saying women can't play it. Play Blood Bowl, but that's that's completely or wargaming. That's completely ridiculous. But even if they weren't, just the inability to say their say and say talk about their experience is the example of that. And just the number of people, for example, who came to my chat, um, and you know, and and started telling me pretty forcefully that what I'm saying is an affront to the people who have organized the tournament, mm. is 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 also that a little bit of the evidence of the general over overwhelming experience that we're having, it's much harder to talk when people are telling you to shut up, basically. Yeah, um, and there were a lot of like they, they kept they kept trying to bring away from the point. So there was a lot of it, it happened so many times. So it was okay. Who would you replace with a woman? And it's like no, that's not the point. We're not saying we should replace anybody. We're not saying anybody here is not good enough. We're just asking why there were no women included. Like it, it's not yeah. that. And, the problem. The, the problem with that argument, the problem that, I, that really bothered me was they're saying, who would you replace? It's like, okay, so what you're saying there is that every single coach in this, in this competition is the best of the best. And you are telling me that not a single woman in the entire world fits that bill, right? That's what they're saying. But then they're also wrong because there are some 50% coaches in the teams. Well, I think part of there was that there were some very loud people who saw... Uh, so what happened is, a little bit of a background story is that there were there was a, there were a number of captains and each one of them was essentially told, go find your team. And the interpretation of that was very different for different people. So some yeah. approached it with, I will find the number one, two, three, four, five coach that technically resides in the area assigned to me. Um, while others went with, I will find the entertaining coaches or the streamers. And, but then when this got brought up, some of the more vocal people who felt, see, th I think this is really common when an observation like this gets brought up, the initial reaction tends to be once of, one of defensiveness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a very human reaction where you're saying I did something wrong this is the implication i'm going to defend myself and i think a lot of the people came to defend the fact that they've picked the number one two three four five coach when in reality there were you know 10 different approaches to how people have actually created there wasn't a consistent story and when there isn't a consistent story but there is a weird anomalous artifact where there are there happen to be no women included why is it that everybody's 
interpretation of how to find a group all seems to have converged to not having a woman in it. Um, it's an interesting, it's something we're talking about, right? But instead yes, of, and, and I think yeah. it, we start with thinking about it, but the first thing we need to do is get over the initial shock and defensiveness because despite what I think a lot of people thought we were insinuating, there was no attack yeah. on anybody meant, right? And we were not calling anybody sexist. That was another no. thing that was brought up was, oh, they're calling this particular person sexist. No, no we are not, not, not saying that one of us has said that. One thing that we have said, or I specifically have said, I will say I have said this, is that I do not think that anybody in this competition is in any way sexist. Mm. I, if anything is coming into play in this, it is an unconscious bias. We all will in some way, shape or form have an unconscious bias. That's the point. They're unconscious. We don't know them. And without somebody potentially pointing it out, how would you ever know it's there and potentially change your view? Yeah. I think um, I'm realising sort of belatedly that if someone was not sort of closely tracking this drama, they might still be a bit confused about what actually we're talking about. <laughs> um, there was a big tournament arranged by someone who is um, a, a butterfly coach called Ludius with the support of the admins for CCL, which is a big open Blood Bowl league on Blood Bowl 2 that anyone can join. It's sort of the biggest sort of natural open competition, I guess, in Blood Bowl 2. It's the one which if you just buy the game and try and sign up to multiplayer leagues, it's the first one you see, it's it's the biggest. Uh, but, so that's the league, but then the admins from that league basically support this tournament and they build it as like a goodbye to Blood Bowl um, sort of event. And they build it also as like this sort of nations sort of style competition. And I think that's part of where like some of the bad reactions came from because there was some very sort of mixed up branding. Like, is it a sort of fond farewell to the game? In which case, is it a community event in which we're all involved? Or is it a nations competition? In which case, is it sort of like strict nations groupings in a World Cup? But then some of the nations groupings were very confused. Um, anyway, that's sort of a whole separate thing, but I think that probably contributed to some of the, the sort of chaotic reception that it got. Um, I found myself in just the most uncomfortable position with this whole thing. Say, you, you, like, you kind of got, your name got brought up quite a bit because let's be honest, you're the best female British coach on Boboto. I mean, look. Um, <laughs> he is top tier coach. <laughs> We all love her. Best Woody coach ever. Hashtag love you true. I mean, I love you guys. You're awesome. And like the whole thing though still, like, I mean, I, you know, I, I can't speak for everyone. I, I I think I'm not the only one in this group who like was really affected by this whole thing. Like the whole drama, like it's a stupid internet like drama thing that also sort of really sort of got under my skin for a few days. Um, and you I felt really... You're, you're saying that this is an internet drama, but this is something that spills over into real life for us because mm. it does also spill over mm. into tabletop tournaments, which, yeah. you know, you're going to tree, you're going to dizzy, yeah. I will show up with some baked goods I just want to say I just sort of want to say like because I you know I think that in the sort of narrative that got written in everyone's heads of what happened that night like I kicked up a fuss and my sort of minions like being <laughs> charging in and saying why weren't I involved and like none of that is true yeah. like conversation about women not being involved started before I sort of said anything at I all I am not a minion at all about that <laughs> No, I am well, not a minion. You're all my minions. All, first of all, that um, Collie Farm. I'm only sort of saying that because again, that's that's. I feel like that's a story that some people have tried to write about what happened. Yeah. Um. So first of all, like I didn't bring this topic up at all. Um. Second no. of all, 
I started this off. I I spent several sort of, I repeatedly that evening tried to sort of steer the conversation back away from my name. Like I dipped into that conversation and be like, it's not about me, it's not about me, it's not about me. And, you know, even now, so what ends up happening for, again, those who haven't followed it, is that for genuinely, totally unrelated reasons, I know this because I I know Elliot and I spoke to him about it. Elliot, who is one of the players on Team England, ended up deciding he didn't want to take part in the tournament and a space opened up. And then um, Rick Regless, who is the captain of Team England, asked me if I was step in because Elliot was playing Wood Elves and Wood Elves are kind of my main team. Like the other team I've been And if, if Elliot, Elliot is a, is a fantastic football player and he's a he's wonderful incredible. streamer. So if anybody wants someone to check out, please go and check out Elliot. Mm. But <laughs> if you're going to look for a Woody coach, an English Woody coach to join Team England, I'm so true, but you have to be at the top of that, or the, either very near the top of that list or at the top of that list. And like, and, I, and I, it's just, it's just, first of all, Collie, I love you and thank you for your support. Like, and I, I really appreciate that. But I also just want to say, like, I, I never said in any of these conversations, I deserve to be in. I never said someone should drop out and I should go in. I never wanted that to happen. And that's not in the end what did happen. Elliot, as I said before, he's talked about on his own stream, but his reasons for dropping out and his own to talk about. Um, I, I just, I felt so uncomfortable that whole week because on the one hand I thought this is a really important conversation that we should be having about the community and I thought Giraffe got absolutely smashed on that first day of it and I wanted to come give you a hug but you're in New York and just fine. because <laughs> it, was, be it was not it, it was, was just the I timing was, of it wasn't 3 it 3am that day because I would not go to sleep and I woke up early the next day being so like oh my yeah, god what's like was, it was on a Monday and I had to work the next it day it was that whole week was a disaster like I just the whole week got off on such a bad Effort, like in terms of sleep and stress and um and then like on top can, of that can like... i just take a second to say that yes now tree is on team england and tree played the first <laughs> the very very first game of this competition and very very convincingly won 2-0 for team england so congratulations tree well done that was an amazing game I add to this like you know another reason i found this so uncomfortable is like again this comes back to like as a trans woman who's representing you know myself frankly not wanting to sort of have to sort of always carry the burden of representing everyone because that's a lot of burden you know i would love there to be women who aren't trans in this tournament as well i would love it mm. to be just sort of much more sort of wide open than that to the point of it not being a conversation and i feel like even now i'm sort of getting anxious thinking people are going to hear this and be like oh so like because there are going to be people who who invalidate my experience now because I've because I've talked about this and I find that incredibly frustrating. But also, like I never asked to be a banner woman for women or trans women, and I think no. that's the same conversation fair. we had. But it's the it, same conversation we were having at the beginning about every time you walk into a room where it's all guys, like you are suddenly like on display as the one different, mm. and that's and, just so much pressure for anyone, regardless of that context. And that's why I know because when you were asked to play you sort of reached out to us and asked our thoughts and said to you we said to you like don't we we are not expecting you to be representing us like we don't no. we do not want you to feel like that and like you play for you and play because you enjoy it uh, not because we want the representation or anything like that it's your choice and like and it's not fair it's too much pressure to put on under anybody to be representative of of women trans women or you know whatever group it is and it's like we 
you know, you you just playing and being you is more than enough for like uh, you know us. We we loved watching your game. I loved commentating it. It, oh, was, it was amazing. amazing. It was such a good game. And that and that could have been and did an amazing job of commentary <laughs> on that as well. But that, you, you, know, you did, and I and oh, I need to get you. need to get the rest of you into commentating as well. I know Giraffe <laughs> is up for it. Collie was still working on. She's not sure if she's ready for it, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like it, that could have been any game, and I still would have been just as excited watching it and commentating on it. I mean, so, like, these yeah. things are always more exciting when you know the people in it. You feel so much more invested and you do pick a size. So when I watch any of Andy's Chalice games or Seabro's mm -hmm. Chalice games or Rick's Chalice games, I am so 100% back behind these coaches because, you know, I'm, okay, I, I don't know Seabro's and, and, and Rick when I go in their streams, but I know Andy. And I said, yes, come on, Andy, you can do it. But also, please go out round one because we want the meme back. <laughs> don't and say that. I will say that every time. So, like, what, watching watching Tree in, in in that game, it was just like it was so much pride because I know how good you are and I know how much you absolutely deserve to be there. And I was so behind you and so want you to win because I know you're that good. You're you're good enough to do it. You are good enough to to help that team go all the way. Thank you, Colleen. I need to give you a hug as well. I need to hug all of you. Are you about to cry, Tree? Maybe. deniability. I feel like I've talked a load and I feel like you had this really big part in this experience and you haven't had as much of a chance to talk. Who's, who's you? <laughs> you, Giraffe. You. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, no. I feel like I um, I was sort of a... I was a person who happened to be on at the time when the mm. conversation was very much in need of happening and so I was happy to facilitate the experience. Um, so to me, it's just something that is... I feel like the community has taken a step. It, the step where people have gotten their feelings out there and some of them and, and some of them were a little bit hostile and um definitely not you know we're not all happily in agreement of where we are no issues solved um i think but i'm very optimistic about things like this because now we've talked about it once i bet the next time there's a tournament there'll at least be a thought about mm kind of tournament are we going for is this a purely competitive tournament well then maybe we should have a qualification so it's obvious who the people who should be there yeah. are um or maybe it's a community tournament well then maybe we should look at the people who draw the most community your streamers your or help um, build the community people. because there's other people there wasn't just women mm -hmm. that were missed out of this there were some fantastic australian streamers that were missed out absolutely monty monty has a great community but he's you know he might be classed as not as competitive because he plays stunties mostly but that's completely not true and he has a wonderful little community of his own but it, it's just it different from some of the other mm -hmm. communities that other people have built but it's just as important we definitely need it's... to get monty on here as a guest absolutely uh, right? i've already promised him so he's already expecting it so <laughs> <laughs> and i think it's you know what part of it is asking the question is what kind of tournament do we want this to be and what kind of community do we want this to be and do we want more players in it and that's maybe even more broad question forget about exclusivity is this a community where we want to welcome new players or not because our behavior very much drives that how we welcome new players to something like ccl which is the biggest competitive league i would say in blood bowl 2 is very much determines how many people want to uninstall and never play this game again or want to come back and learn and participate and be involved i think that the twitch community the majority of the twitch community such as rick and andy and elliot and seabros and crystal hunter the, the, you know what we were probably class 
of the main big streamers are so incredibly friendly and so incredibly new player friendly and are always willing to offer and ask advice. So I am glad that I found that side of the community before I ever found the other side of the community. Yeah, I feel like if a person, let's say, if a person spins into a streamer and finds out that their game is, you know, I, this was something that was terrifying to me the first few times I played. What if somebody famous spins into me? Um, and then it's gonna going to be on TV and then you're gonna go and watch back what they thought of my terrible play. And there are many ways that could go. Um, it could, you could spin into Rick, who is going to uh, tell you you're a wonderful player the entire time while, you know, <laughs> while Rick slowly decimating you. Oh, I, I spun into <laughs> Rick yeah. once on my I was streaming and I was trying because <laughs> I, I do the, I, I try out teams and like try to learn them, you know, because I've not played every team. And I was trying high elves for the first time and he was also playing high elves, so it was a high elf matchup. Yeah. And yeah, and, and or you know, a number like Rick is just this like very nice obvious example. But I think that yeah, everybody that that Cauliflower mentioned are all generally people who will like they they will they will point out your mistakes. Like I see a lot of streamers pointing out where the opponent is going wrong, but they're not going to necessarily you know shut you down completely. But imagine that you went back and you saw somebody telling you that everything you do is shit and you know you should just go away and 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 I feel like I'm sort of being kind of roundabout it, but but I actually don't want to point any specific fingers. I want it to be a general thing, right? Do you want to come back when you just like 60 people just laughed at you communally because it was fun? Yeah. Um, no. Is this something that you it's want to do again? Experience. Thing is, like when like Vic or Andy or Crystal Hunter might say, "Well, that wasn't maybe quite the right play." but you could try this mm -hmm. that's important. that is a completely different thing i said that play was shit or you are shit those are two completely yeah. different sentences if that so, was the dumbest no, thing i've ever seen right that's... yeah that was okay. the most stupid useful. thing you could have possibly done i was like oh great thanks you're making fun of me for trying to learn how to do something yeah I, why I... would you want to yeah why would you want to push me away when i'm trying to learn how is your game going to grow and continue to be developed if that's well, how you're going to be training players the same people complain about long spin times in ccl when there's yeah. nobody else <laughs> yeah. like, there might be a reason for that my friends <laughs> I came across um, a Skaven coach who was very, very new, and um, I, I, I clocked that there might be a new player because they used their Apo really early on a KO, which yeah, could have been a power Apo, very, very easily could have been, but there were a few other players that maybe kind of go hurt, so I just kind of put in the chat oh that's that's an interesting time to use the apo and they, then they were like oh i'm new so i spent the entire time talking to them and just being like just going through it on the on the bubble chat um just talking through like different aspects of the game and what are good and good things to kind of go by you know like um saving your rerolls for like really important things and stuff just, just just very basic things like that and you know I, I think they came into the twitch chat after but like you know it doesn't take a lot just to be you know just to go give a few pointers and just be nice i still like you know i didn't pull any punches or you know play any differently than i would normally but i still spoke to them and talked to them through like different plays and like you know some good uh, new player advice and I'm, I'm not like coaching level andy kind of stuff but just some basic things and so it doesn't take a lot to do that and I, that's what i don't understand about some people who like you know like you say bash new players and, and call them you know tell them that they're idiotic or whatever do you want people to stay in the hobby do you, do you want that 
to be people to yeah. play like you you're you are so right and you see this in a lot of things you see so much gatekeeping and people lording over you that well they know so much more than you but at the end of the day you can read as many books you can watch as many videos you can watch as many twitch streams youtube videos tutorials as you like the only thing that's going to get you better is experience and you can't buy experience experience comes with time so if you're not going to give these new players time then how are they going to get better and why are you going to stay if you're being treated that way and it's not just experience playing for example one, one thing that i wanted to bring up is my this is something that happened to me in on my i think second day of streaming so this is I, I like to think that now it's been four or five months and there's a number of people who find me entertaining and i absolutely love of streaming i think it's oh, the funnest the thing ever dream draft. <laughs> thank you um yeah no i think it's the funnest thing ever because i'm learning how to play blood bowl with a bunch of people who are suffering through me uh learning how to play blood bowl and it's fantastic um my very second time i've done this and this is i don't know if uh, folks have been there since the beginning remember it, like that's right um i think everybody here is a founder actually um yeah big shout out to andy Devo who was like originally i think it was even his idea he was just kind of recommending this to me he's like you should stream it would be fun and finally i got the courage to do it and he was big on rating me the first few times and kind of hanging out and co-casting with me so that i could focus on um so the idea was this is a funny idea in retrospect was that i would focus on playing and he would read chat if you don't know why we're laughing at that, um, Andy is very, very well known for not reading chat. <laughs> you think if that's the only thing he has to do, he'd get better at it. But um, regardless, <laughs> you know, but he like he was very lovely about like being there and being supportive about it. So the second time I ever streamed, um, he he raided me and kind of said this at the end of the stream that I'm gonna go and raid uh, Giraffe now and she's gonna play some CCL and we get on. And and the first thing that happens is I get sniped by a reasonably experienced player um, known in the community. Um, and it's who has since then actually acknowledged that he did snipe me at the moment. So what ha uh, so what happens is this, I, I am completely deer in headlights about to play this game. And this other coach completely, I can't describe it in any other word other than just styling on me. There are things that are, it was very clear to me that I was publicly currently being made fun of. Uh, we had past right in front of my face uh, not re-rolling pickups within my team's reach on turn one um, completely in open space uh, ridiculous attempts to surf that were quite dangerous but why not and at the same time I'm a very new player so but I've watched enough twitch to realize just how much I'm being made fun of but being quite helpless to do anything about it while also having the entirety of Andy's raid of a hundred people watching me um, while also having two minutes in CCL, which was very, oh, I'm still unused to, anybody who watches me knows. Um, and the entire experience was very, I felt like a deer in the headlights. I wasn't, you know, I tried to put a brave face on it. I was still doing this to try to be entertaining. Shit, though, isn't it? You're, but, you're trying to put this brave face on for, for everybody that was there. And you're like, this is, this is horrible. Why is someone treating me like this when I'm just trying to play a game? Yeah, no, after I was done, I was very much trying to understand what happened. Like, why would somebody snipe me? I'm a very new coach. Coach. nobody snipes new coaches it's not it's not fun it's not anything and, and I know this person knew that I was uh, streaming because they were in Andy's chat right before the raid when Andy said the whole thing so it was very clear 
while it was happening this was happening on purpose and and, and then afterwards i i'm stubborn and and it's i i guess i was stubborn and he was very supportive and i just wound up sticking with it and doing it but at the time i i wouldn't blame anybody for not doing it again right because you you put yourself out there completely hey guys i have no idea what i'm doing and somebody goes oh fuck you i'm going to show you how much you don't know what you're doing um and 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 that was a very uncomfortable feeling i have to say and so uh, the reason i'm telling the story is because it's not just playing right it's i think i was entering the community and trying to see if there's something i could offer to blood bowl uh which is i guess sharing my experience and trying to learn how to play it and the first reaction somebody has is to stomp it out yeah. and nobody nobody called this out nobody did and i don't know how you called something like this out there was no hey maybe you shouldn't do that mister um and so i think we as a community are also a little bit complicit in saying that that's okay and i wish that we all didn't and i wish that i at the time also had said something because i could have i just didn't think of it and i was too daz- dazed sometimes you don't notice what's happening until like a long time afterwards mm-hmm. and then you look back at it and you go oh that's what was happening to me that's and right and then you can't like, come back and be like you come back here i have something to say to you yeah like <laughs> months later, hang on a second <laughs> wait a <laughs> minute <laughs> Yeah, so it's um, it's oh, a yeah, little bit I, maybe if this ever reaches anybody who thinks of doing something like that, maybe reconsider. Would <laughs> be a joke is only funny when both people are laughing. Mm-hmm. Because I, those kinds of experiences and stuff like that is what kind of now stops me from gaming. So you know, being mum of three and having such little time, I am extremely selective about what I do and what I play with the very little bare time that I have to myself. And I, and when I do pick something to do of an evening in the couple of hours that I've got, I want to be able to actually sit back and fully enjoy it and not think, well, this is a bit shit. And on, on top of that as well, so I, I have MS and one of the big symptoms of that is, is fatigue. Mm. So there are times where I can be absolutely exhausted. So again, that really just kills the amount of time that I've got. So this is one of the reasons that I don't play in things like CCL and um, you know really competitively anymore because I don't want to feel like shit playing the game I have such little time to be able to do it that I want to enjoy the bit of time that I've got and I want to enjoy it properly I think there's something else just to say about like the nature of Blood Bowl there because we do you know this is obviously a gaming podcast we talk about other games but Blood Bowl is certainly like a big part of our sort of shared experience and like Blood Bowl is already on its own it can be a brutal I was about to say the same thing yeah (laughs) I play it a lot and I enjoy it but it can be really hard even for people who love it when it's when it's being a dick and sometimes it is it's a horrible game see think things like that I can I can handle that if the game is just is just being a dick or a boss is just too difficult for me at that moment because I might just be a little bit too tired it's when I start going into online modes and people are doing like they did to, to giraffes so like if I was spinning and I ran into I ran into Andy or someone else and they were specifically going I know for a fact that I am so much better than you so I'm just going to show about the whole thing it's like that that is not fun to me that is not fun in any way shape or form and that's not what I want to spend my time doing so I'm going to go and spend my time doing something fun 
which me usually means for me something like an offline game, which yeah. is a and shame a because I, I I loved playing yeah. online. It's a loss to the community, right? Because they could have had another player who yeah. could bring something to it. Yeah, well, I'm bad now. I know I'm bad at football, but that's because I don't play a lot of it. But I could be good. I just don't know yet. But I don't want to like, try because I don't want to be made to feel like shit in the two hours that I have of an evening that I'm already exhausted for. But like, how much of a loss to the community would it be if Giraffe wasn't streaming? Oh, so She's much. wicked. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. No, Giraffe to Dark? I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. <laughs> that's right. That's not acceptable. Like, and I, uh, I think it's really interesting because it's like this, this, like just such overlapping things going on here, aren't there? And I like, I know when I first came to Blood Bowl, like playing online, I initially had like no interest in it at all because I had like a couple of games of CCR and I was like, this just seems completely like opposite to my experience of Blood Bowl up to that point, which was sitting at a table with someone having a giggle about this stupid game of moving pieces around and, um, you know, having a tea and having a slice of cake and going home. Then I got into it more because of Rebel and I think I was lucky to land in Division maybe in Rebel where there was quite a sort of good community and people chatted a lot and so you sort of felt like you got involved again. But then, you know, I found it interesting on the sort of playoff run that I had in Rebel this season. I think that's some of the sort of most exposure my games had had before in probably ever and it sort of recently things went up with that. But people were just sort of ripping into my play sometimes and I was getting quite sort of defensive like, hang on, like, can't be that shit i'm in the semi-final or whatever and and then you know and, number one runner up <laughs> and like and like that's sort of something that you can then shrug off because you're like well like, you know you could take a step back and you go well you know there's a lot of people there who actually haven't done this so you know sod them back yourself but you can't do that when you're just starting out first time playing a game and when someone comes in and sort of does something deliberately sort of hostile to you i just yeah it's a shame. It's a real shame that anyone feels need to be like that. And I sort of, I don't know. I, I, I really would get why people would would get put off the community very quickly. And all I would say to that is like, there's such a like for me, there's like this big counter to that, which is if you find the right streamers. And I've said before, like for me, some of the right streamers were like Andy Davo, obviously Crystal Hunter, Elliot, Rick Reckless. There are some streamers out there. Dizzy Best, Serious Amateur, Dizzy. Obviously, everyone <laughs> stream. I misspelled true. Obviously, Dizzy. You know, but like, yeah, I just think that I really change my perspective on it for sure. I think the main things to sum up here is if you have never had an, ex an experience that someone is talking to you about, listen to what that person is saying mm. <laughs> and don't try and tell them how they should or shouldn't have felt. Don't try and tell them what they should or shouldn't have done in those kinds of situations. Just listen to them and maybe think, is there a way I could help with that? Is there something I could do to make that a little bit easier? You know, if you're playing Blood Bowl and you're in CCL, just try and be welcoming to new people. And if you're having a bad day or whatever and you can't do that just say the hi good luck have fun and then the gg at the I end like chat. you don't need to yeah turn off chat or you know you don't need to say anything further because like <laughs> you know the old the old saying of if you can't say anything nice don't say it at all you don't want to ruin it for the other person please don't tell anyone oh that's what blood bowl is you need to grow a thicker skin nobody should have to grow a thicker skin to be able to enjoy something no maybe that's just bullying telling someone that to grow a thicker skin then you are a bully i mean we should also grow the ability to control our emotions right like there's yeah i would have thought <laughs> that, that, that feels like something. something that's supposed to come with it <laughs> certainly something to work on for all of us so we've spoke about that quite a bit i think we've probably reached <laughs> its natural conclusion as much as possible um 
Um, obviously, we have not solved every issue that there is in Blood Bowl. We what? Are. How? How? <laughs> <laughs> I know. In, we have just put we the need world to stay in the here for however many hours it takes to solve every issue. <laughs> oh, no, I really need a wee. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we may not have solved it, but we've at least kept the conversation going. And if you are to take anything away from this, uh, let it be that be more aware of the people who are around you in gaming places and make sure that, you know, they are feeling comfortable and not like isolated and welcome in whatever place you are and I think you know keeping the conversation going as much as possible um, and like Carly said if someone tells you something listen to them don't immediately get defensive actually think about what they're telling you and why they're telling you um, do you know I, th I think that's such an important point I think that's the thing that is like the biggest takeaway that everyone could have in all of this is like we all get stuff wrong all the time in life like all the time I do all the time and like nobody expects anyone on any subject let alone one as sort of complicated as this to be perfect all the time just want people to like listen when you sort of say something is, is difficult or is troubling you and that's the only way things will get better definitely I, I always tend to go with the view if you know someone's talking about issues that you know people from the LBGT community go through that people of colour go through people of different religions go through I tend to think that well I'm not LBGTQ I'm not that religion I'm not that age or something like that so how would I know whether that experience is true I can't know so you know I have to listen to the people that have actually been through it mm -hmm. because who knows that best if you want to if you want someone to fix your pipes you call a plumber if you want to know about issues in the LBGT community you're going to speak to someone in that community so I think we should end it on some more Christmas cheer. Can I ask one question of everybody first? What are we all looking forward to most for these winter holidays? Ooh, I'm looking forward to. So, um, it was my birthday a couple of weeks ago, and it's at the beginning of December is my birthday, and um, I got these amazing canvases from Cauliflower, and so I'm really looking forward to painting. Um, I've got an idea of. Um, I've got this image in my head of um, the Hey Listen podcast, but Ooh. as Pokemon. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I've been looking, I've been looking up Pokemon to fit each and every, oh every one of us. And I, a rig, right? <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> I mean, if it's not, then I want no part of this. <laughs> so oh. I'm going to be spending um, a bit of my break doing that because it's been so long since I've done That's any so kind cool. of arty project. I can't promise it's going to be any good, but I'm going to oh, give it a go. Amazing. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing because it'll be made with love. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tree, is there anything? Tree, Giraffe, is there, what are you looking forward to for these New Year and Christmas celebrations? I might be doing a Christmas Eve stream. <gasps> Being the a-religious heathen that I am, I might, um, I'm thinking about it. I don't want to, you know, Rick has his St. Rickless thing going on. I don't want to impose or step on, on, on the glory of that. But I'm thinking of doing something themed with me. And I'm kind of excited about it because, you know. Now I am too. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I'm also already nervous that I will like have other Christmas Eve stuff going on and not be able to watch live, which would be very <laughs> oh, I will absolutely be watching live. Just have oh. it on in your I pocket. Can just be, like, on TV, I will be right? I will be watching live on the TV while I am really drunk. Yeah, no, you have your Christmas Christmas party going on and on the giant TV because what what other entertainment do you want for your Christmas party? Um, Nothing. Could have I'm a as much as I could wish for. This is this is a Christmas miracle. <laughs> 
<laughs> the question is, are you playing Blood Bowl and what team are you playing? Because obviously it's going to be I Christmasy. have no idea. I have a Blood Bowl <laughs> Club have a Christmas outfit, don't they? I might have to do that. Um, but honestly, I haven't thought that far ahead. Um, definitely ideas welcome if anybody wants to contact me. If he hears this and wants to contact me with uh, how I to mean, make your Christmas work, you let me know. <laughs> I mean, if you want a co-star, I'm going to be streaming just before you. So I'm more than happy to join Ooh. you. I, I <laughs> am genuinely, genuinely busy. We should talk. I absolutely can't. I can't come and post that. I'm afraid, ladies. But no, Christmas Eve is too busy in this house. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I understand. Yeah, let's talk. Tree. I'm just looking forward Tree, to seeing them. I know it's boring, but I am. Like, it's, it's been oh, that's lovely. the last two years. We haven't seen each other as much as we normally would oh, because no. of COVID. Oh, we haven't seen each other at all in the last two years. We have, but there's just been you know a hard two years to see each other a lot. And this year, my brother is going off to his in-laws, and my mum was like, "Can't just come to you," and it's just going to be two of us. And so, going to be very low key, but I get some time off from one. Well, I'm thinking I should have some time off, or at least very little work to do between Christmas and New Year. So a few days off and hanging out with mum a bit. Um, oh, that sounds like fun. I'm also, funnily enough, I said on my stream earlier, and I'll stick to it. I, I'm not making commitment either way, but there's a chance, there's a chance that I can see a world in which it gets to 6pm on Christmas Day and my mum is asleep on the sofa and I'm like, I'm just going to go to the stream for a bit. So I might end up oh, on yeah. Christmas Day, but I'm not bored. That's only if mum's asleep and I get bored. All right, so we're spiking your mum's drink is what I'm hearing. <laughs> you spike your mum's drink. You don't need you to. More I was drink. saying this to, to mum because neither, but my mum's never been a big drinker. And like, I just, again, last years with COVID because I've never been like a, a social drinker and look sometimes when I was younger social drinking was a fair bit but I've never been so much <laughs> drinks was that when you were drunk around York like is that when Andy thought <laughs> Oh my god. And when a boogie day, was but... had. Sorry, okay, boogie woogie. Boogie. Oh, boogie you, don't need to, you don't need to get me drunk to get me boogieing. I'll boogie anyway. <laughs> oh, um, I'll boogie with you too. Um, yeah, so I was, mum was like, we're talking about alcohol. I was like, mum, if we have one bottle of wine between us, we're going to be sorted. I'm like, we don't need more than that. But we're not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, what are you doing over the holidays? So, so I, I finish work on Tuesday and then I'm off till like the 6th of January or something like that. I can't remember. So I've got a really nice long time off. So I'm trying to start a new family tradition on Christmas where I have asked Santa to bring us a new board game every year. And this year I've, I spoke with Draft and we've decided to ask Santa to bring Ticket to Ride. Oh. So that's going to be our Christmas Day night board game because I don't think my family can survive another Monopoly. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a good time. So, so every year, Definitely. I hope to get a new a new board game, and every year on Christmas, we will we will play a new board game. Mm. So I'll be back in I'll be back in um, like eleven months. Draft, we'll work out what the next. I mean, that's be. a lovely transition tr- tradition, but you should absolutely not limit it to what you. Oh no no no! We're not just going to play our, our <laughs> <Yeah>. Christmas. <but laughs> like, we're going to buy a new board game. San- we're going to ask Santa to bring us a even new board so. Game. I feel like Santa needs to sprinkle it a little bit more. You know, not just not just up your thing. We're going to work well, on that. Call. <laughs> We'll work on it. We'll yeah, work we'll work on it. Work on it. We'll that, that's what I'm looking forward to. I am looking forward to opening this family present on Christmas Day and we're all getting excited and then we can all play it every evening. So finally, no, to our listeners, what are you looking forward to this holiday? Um, you can let us know in my Discord. There's an entire section for the podcast. It's the Beehive Discord. Um, you can find links to it through my Twitch. I will probably post a link to it with this um, part, this episode as well. Please come into the Discord. Make sure that you check out 
about the rules so you can actually access the discord but yeah and then uh head over to the podcast section and let us know what are you doing these holidays rules permitting because obviously we don't know i know that some countries are going into lockdown um hopefully Mm. not everybody is people will be able to see families but yeah let us know what are you looking forward to whether it's a game a meal or an activity we want to hear from you as you can tell we've already had a couple of questions from some of our viewers try and get a few each episode we've been asking in our streams for people to submit questions and stuff and we've had loads of responses so yeah please check out that the discord and so yeah finally any um holiday or christmas messages that anybody would like to say i hope i i really hope everybody has a lovely happy and safe christmas and new year this year and that 2022 is so much better than the last two of I feel like I heard that last year. But in fairness, 2021 has been better than 2020. I think we can agree on that. Mm. It has. So let, let's continue that trajectory, shall we? Yeah, I, I think I just want to wish everyone the Christmas that they want, I guess, in, in keeping with our sort of theme of, of listening and, and everyone's experiences being different. I hope if you're listening to this, you're getting whatever Christmas, whatever you want from Christmas, I hope you get it. That's what I want for you for Christmas. All I want for Christmas. um, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody for listening to these episodes um, and showing the support this year obviously is the year that we started the podcast and we wouldn't be here continuing it without you guys listening Um, so I just want to say a big thank you for all your support for the podcast and our streams Um, and if you have not checked out our streams um, links can be found on the pages that you are at if you can't find the links then um just search for dizzy best misspelled tree and seriously i'm a giraffe on twitch we're live pretty often i'm live um monday tuesdays and fridays tree when are you live completely randomly I've never kept a schedule because my work doesn't, doesn't have a very regular schedule. But yeah, I, I honestly don't even know what to say to people quite often on Fridays. But yeah, it's really irregular. So make sure you're following and make sure you hit that bell so that you get the notification when Trico is live. <laughs> Don't forget to like and or subscribe. Join the <laughs> Can I just take one sec to we'll shout out a streamer? Shout out one of our one of our good friends. And oh, I would love to be able to this time shout out to Rick Reckless. Yes captain yeah. of team england an all-round great guy he really looks surprisingly like it's a rickolus though yeah i've been noticing that recently yeah yeah well you know sometimes i think they sound very similar but actually i heard from rick today that some rickolus actually stays in his house for the month of december so maybe yeah. the actions just rub off from each other yeah. they probably do they're absolutely right but rick lovely guy great football streamer captain of team england go and check him out if you haven't already he's also known as the nicest guy in blood Bowl, which that is not an easy title to get so he must you've be... got to be up against crystal hunter to get that title yeah exactly um and then giraffe when are you live i am usually live on mondays and fridays but sometimes that doesn't work out and then i try to sneak in a cheeky makeup stream sometimes i also really like the word cheeky and i'm stealing it from the <laughs> No, give it back. The Americans are taking it. <laughs> Sounds a little weird, American. So yeah, that wraps up our um, our Christmas episode for 2021. Thank you all for listening, and we shall see you in 2022. 